The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts of this program do not necessarily stand to reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 3rd of April, 2020. I'm your host, Bad Billy. And uh, I do apologize, I was not able to have a show last week because I am dealing with some technical issues and not fully out of the woods on that yet, but I'm still able to bring you another show. In fact, if you notice a difference between uh, recordings that you hear, it's because I had to go back and forth between two systems, but hey, I'm still able to bring you a show. And I have a great show lined up for you. So a couple of weeks ago, I decided to reach into the archives of AOW Productions, and I pulled out the old interview that I did with Ronda Rousey along with uh, Mac from Virginia, and then uh, you heard the old interview I did with uh, Gareth Soldier Boy McClellan out of South Africa. Well, I decided to bring him back to get an updated interview, and so therefore you're going to hear that in just a little bit. Later on in the show, you will uh, be hearing me talking to a lady named Patty Burgess. She's out of my hometown of Horseshoe Bend, Idaho. I know she's an unknown, uh, but there are some issues going down there that uh, had to be discussed on the show. But before we get to any of that, I want to go ahead and cue Warrior by Bones. If you remember, that was the theme to uh, one of the seasons, The Ultimate Fighter, and... uh, Love that song, so since I'm about to inter- interview, you're about to hear an interview with a fighter, why not play that song? And I'll be back with the interview with Gareth Soldier Boy McClellan right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. When the lights go down and the sun comes up, break my bones and I still stand tough. I am a warrior, I am a warrior, I am a warrior, let's go. Look in the mirror at the warrior, a champion, keep your story, bruh. Friends on my team rolling with me, I'ma ride this beat like a 10 speed. With me, now you wanna fall back? Heartless, pause what you call that, saw that coming and I say I called that. It's all bad, baby, don't bar that. <laughs> 
Maybe no defeat. thrill seeker rocking out to the station i hear you you're probably even sipping on a drink right now an average blah blah drink in a can or bottle one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you i'll bet you want something different don't you something more take your shot with cold cock whiskey the best whiskey anywhere why because it's different from other liquors cold cock whiskey is herbal whiskey 100 all natural herbs blended with aged american whiskey no more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. They say it's not good to burn your bridges, but it does keep the crazy people from following. Ooh. 
Is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Please don't touch. I am proud of my heritage. I am a feminist. I believe in marriage equality. I am pro-choice. I am pro-life. I believe that there is a God. I'm not so sure. I am a Christian. I'm a Muslim. I believe there is no God. I'm bisexual. I am transgender. I am unique. I have something important to say. Everything we say is protected under the First Amendment. Express yourself. Don't allow yourself to be silenced. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. First, there was Cracked Up Live. This is Cranked Up Live. Then, Cranked Up Went Country. Today's best and tomorrow's greats. Cranked Up Country. Now, Cranked Up Live is back. This is a sizzling hot podcast. Cranked Up Live. Curtis McKinney and Brad Hennington will keep you listening, keep you laughing, and keep you coming back for more. Convicted felons will no longer be called convicted felons. Do you know what they want to call them, Curtis? <laughs> no. Justice-involved individuals is what they renamed them. Listen and download the podcasts at crankeduplive.com. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankeduplive. Cranked Up Live. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, we have the interview with Gareth Soldier Boy McClellan pre-recorded. So with that said, it is time for Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion. Boxing. It'll be scored as a knockout. It's all over. We've got a brand new heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. Kickboxing. Mixed martial arts. Professional wrestling. And apparently, Hell in the Cell match is officially underway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion. Knuckle up and throw down. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion if you remember uh, last time I played the interview that I conducted with Gareth Soldier Boy McClellan from South Africa back in 2012 and uh, I've asked him to come come back so uh, we can talk and catch up and I am happy to be joined by him now Soldier Boy how you doing Yeah good good in yourself Doing very well thank you very much for joining the show Yeah it's been a while but uh Super, super cool to be back on the show. Um, I'm sure a lot's changed. A lot changed for me as well over that period of time. Oh yes, well, for one, um, I mean, I'm I'm running a different type of show, of course, uh, since the last time we talked. But uh, still, you know, I'm 
I'm, I'm covering such a variety of things, but I still haven't left out the combat sports, which is, uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, always will be. And so, so uh, since the last time you talked, which I believe was uh, 2014, um, since then, uh, you, um, you had a pretty good run, second run of, uh, as EFC champion for a while, and then you relinquished that title to uh, sign with the UFC. Now, I, I do have to ask you this. Um, you signed very shortly after uh, Ruan Potts was uh, released from the UFC, uh, having an 0-3 performance. I mean, he did not have quite the, the impressive run with the UFC that he did in the EFC. So uh, did you kind of feel any pressure at all to prove something that South Africans belong at that level? Yeah, look, I mean, it was it was, uh, it was very, very heavy on my shoulders. I think it was a lot of South Africa were hoping that I would go there and be successful. And, you know, they had kind of ear pointed me or finger pointed me as the, say the, the guy to carry the South African flag. And it, it, it was, it was, it was hard. I mean, we didn't know much about the UFC. We didn't know much about traveling at all and how that would affect the body and how it would affect your response. What was it like to fight in other countries, um, not having the support system around you and, and that kind of stuff. So it was, it was all really this, this new journey. It was very exciting. Um, you know, people don't realize that the UFC is such a, it's such a tough level. And if you look at the guys that uh, Ruan lost to, the guys are, who, who reached the top 10 in the world. And, you know, you, you kind of look at it and go, oh, well, you didn't have a great run. But the fact is, yeah, we were the South African boys who made it to the UFC that when we started, there was no path. There was nothing. There was UFC was not even a, a discussion at a, any stage. And you know, we went through the motions. We had to pull that. We had to develop that that kind of route to the UFC. We had to get the world to notice. We had to get the UFC to notice. So I mean, yeah, it was it it, it was a hard journey uh, from start uh, to end. Yes, yes, I agree too. And one thing too is like uh, Ruan's first match with. Uh, so Palele, I felt was so unfair because, you know, I mean, he he doubled almost tripled Ruan in experience when he looked at his record, and plus his knockout ratio. I mean, I just really felt that Ruan was way overmatched in that fight, and then um, of course, and then he fought uh, Anthony Hamilton, which he put up a better fight, but still lost, and then that that lost to uh, Derek Lewis, we all know how how high he's made it. He as he hasn't won a championship, but he's hit that level. I think he, he was a, he was a contender and lost, but still, you know, he became one of the top heavyweights. So, you know, Ruan really didn't have a fair chance, as far as I'm concerned. Whereas I thought you did have have more of a fair chance. Um, you know, your your very first fight in Poland, of course. Uh, Got to ask you. I mean, that dude doesn't look like much when you look at it at his picture, but uh, you you look at um, he, when he, when you and him fought, he looked monstrously strong. So I mean, uh, the, the I think I think obviously that initial arrival into the UFC, a lot of people say, "Oh no, you know, it's UFC." It, it was it was a big moment for me. It, it really kind of. You know, I, I don't think I had processed how big actually it was until I got there. And then secondly, yeah, I mean, 
to this day, I still say, one of the strongest human beings I've ever, ever been in the ring with. I mean, he, when he grabbed me, I, I consider myself a strong guy, a guy who can physically match himself against majority of fighters in the world. And uh, I... I mean, I was training, training with light heavyweights and heavyweights before before I went. And I, I just didn't, I had never experienced anything like that. Um, yeah, look, I I, I think that it, it was it was a tough performance uh, for me. Uh, you know, I really didn't find a groove. I got rocked really badly in the second round uh, at the end of the first round by D, which kind of put me out most of the second round. And I was just trying to survive. You know, I was just trying to keep myself in the fight and make sure that I didn't get finished and. I knew there was an opportunity that was going to come somewhere along the line for me to finish, um, which did happen. It happened in the third round. But by the time I got to that, I, I caught him in a very deep guillot- standing guillotine, and I just didn't have just didn't have the juice to finish. You know, he was so strong that when he pulled out, when he forcefully remo- uh, ripped his head out of the guillotine, I mean, it wasn't even a, a defense. It was kind of just like he physically just booted it out. I just didn't have what it takes to, uh, to finish. It was a good learning experience. You know, I... I learned a lot from it, and uh, I processed a lot. Came back uh, in Ireland, and when I fought in Ireland then against Baba Bush, who was, at that stage, was being deemed as this hot prospect out of America. You know, I really felt like I found my groove. I really found that I performed the way that Soldier Boy should have performed in the UFC. Um, you know, I was I was calm. I was collected. Um, I knew I knew exactly what was expected of me, and then I, my mind was just my mind was ready for the moment. Whereas if I'd looked at the, uh, the Poland fight against Bartos, it, I just, I mentally wasn't ready. Physically, my body was ready and I was, uh, I, I had an amazing training camp and, you know, the support system was unbelievable and everybody was excited. And I just think that I got caught up in the lights. I was like, Oh my, wow, I'm in the UFC and now I have to compete. And, if you're not, if you don't experience that, I mean that scale. We, when I was there, it was, it was kind of, it was a weird scenario because we, we, we fought, uh, we, we got to the event. It was all happening, da, 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 and it was going on, and all of a sudden there was this mad rush because they were so far behind in terms of timing for TV and delays, and that that day basically we had no walkout. We stood uh, cage side, waited for the fight to finish. That fight finished, and then they kind of pushed us into the fight. And you know, you know, you, you, you've got a sort of a process. You know, you get you warm up, you get ready, you get you, you do your walkout, you get yourself prepared on that walkout. Okay, it's time. You know, you you get uh, you, you 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 get checked, you get your Vaseline, you get in, you you run around, you get yourself familiar with it. And we didn't have any of that, so it was all this kind of like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And I think his response was better because when he when they called his name and obviously being with a Polish crowd, he was just as startled as I was in the beginning, and then that kind of crowd kicked him over. So yeah, uh, the first the first one I just kind of washed up to uh, to experience, and I was like, okay, cool. We had an experience. We didn't get finished. We went the full fifteen minutes. Um, yeah, it was a loss on decision, but. I had a I had a great base to work from, and and we went back. We worked. We got in. Uh, Ireland was an unbelievable performance um, that catapulted me. They wanted me to fight um, Magnus Cedarblad in, in in Rotterdam, and you know that was a very exciting fight. I'd spent a, a massive amount of time in, in at Trussell with Faraz and uh, GSP and Rory, and the, a lot of them had invested a lot of time into me, and I. 
if I say out of all my camps that I've had in all my fights, Rotterdam was the most perfect. It, everything just fell into place. Um, my skill set, my, my body, everything was just great. And then, yeah, unfortunately, big experience, big moments in the UFC. And uh, it, it kind of just started to change people's mentality all around me. And I just didn't, I, I kind of went into that fight alone. I was standing alone at that particular stage, you know. I didn't feel like I was supported in the way that I should and just couldn't get my, I just couldn't get started. I couldn't get into the zone of fighting. I mean, from the time I arrived in, in Rotterdam to the, to the time I left, I was working to get my mind right and ready for the fight. And it's, it's such a, it's such a crazy thing because it was always the strongest point of my game was my mentality. And when it needed, when I needed it the most, it was the kind of thing that let me down. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and one thing I want to note too, you realize that Bubba Bush has not fought since you beat him? Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I do want to ask you too is we, we talk about traveling the distance, and obviously it's a pretty good distance going from South Africa into Europe, of course. Um, it's a shorter distance than going to uh, coming here to America or going places like Australia or anywhere like that, but... Uh, one thing I do notice, though, because I, I have to, when I have to talk to somebody in Europe, I look at my cell phone and I see the time difference. And there are some places in Europe, I just, their, their clock's configured with South African time, which makes it a lot easier for me. And um, even with the, even if the time frame is identical to where you're at, does that, does jet lag still kick in? Yes and no. I think we. I think. See, this is the the, the scenario. It, it was, it, it 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 was it was new and it was uh, it was kind of like okay, we're traveling. But if you look at South Africa and you look at um, you look at the Super Fifteen rugby and the traveling to New Zealand and, and back in Australia and South Africa and how quickly guys have got to adapt and they get off the plane and the week start training and they have got games already on the weekend. So we spent a lot of t- I spent a lot of time with uh, a, a lot of uh, the, the the medical staff of of uh, the Lions and, and South African rugby, and we did a lot of research in how they were training and how they were traveling, and we applied a lot of it to to ourselves. And you know, I, I, we got to, I got the traveling down to a stage. I mean, I traveled in some of some cases. I traveled Europe was was pretty close, but I went to Vancouver. I went to uh, I fought in Brazil, and Brazil I went via New Zealand. I went to New Zealand. Argentina, Brazil. So, I mean, I traveled extensively and I never really had an issue with um, with kind of uh, the fatigue of traveling. We, we kind of got it down to a stage where we understood how to travel and we understood what was, what was needed at, at the exact times in terms of being a professional athlete. And it didn't, it didn't really affect me too much in, in, um, in, in my trips. Um, I kind of I, I would say that the, the biggest the biggest thing of, of traveling is just not being in your own environment. You know, your own home in South Africa. It was okay. You know, I wake up in my own bed. I, I would have my family around me. I think that would be the biggest mental kind of um, or uh, strain on yourself. You know, and it, you can't just go down to to the massage therapist and get sorted or see your local physio if there was something, a niggle, you know, these are all kind of things you had to adapt with. Yes. Now, and then you see, you see what's happening now at the moment with COVID. Guys are having to spend two weeks in quarantine. 
So uh, the mental game is changing. But I, I do also believe that as a professional and as somebody in at, at any level in any sport, you know, these are something you should be investing. You, you know what the problems are going to be. You know what you're going to be facing. And you need to find solutions to those problems. That's what, that's what makes you a professional and that's what's going to make you better. Um, there's a lot of guys out there that just, they're raw and they don't care and they've got this mentality of, wow, I'll just fight. Um, you know, that, that's only going to get you so far. As soon as you start to climb the ranks at the UFC, you, you get some serious people out there and they, they, they step themselves up in their eliteness because of the things that they do, the small things they're doing behind the scenes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, Soldier Boy, I got to tell you this. Um, yeah, it was in uh, 2016. I interviewed uh, Alessio DiCario, and because um, his, his coach told me that uh, he was getting ready to go to the UFC. But, um, and when I talked to him, of course, uh, you know, getting past the language barrier <laughs> was one thing, but I still I, I got to the point where I could understand him. But uh, he didn't know who his opponent was going to be at that time. Then a few weeks later, it turns out to be you. And number one, I, I, I realized that that was the second time, because I believe you were still with Fight Fit Militia at the time. That was the second time that Fight Fit Militia had uh, faced a fighter from that camp out of Italy. I, I forgot what they were called at the time. Because I remember one of your, uh, your teammate uh, um, fought uh, uh, McCall. I, now, now I can't remember her. Uh, Shauna Powers. Shauna, Shauna, yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, 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 correct. Yeah. So we had actually we had actually met his the, his coach um, in South Africa. Um, he she had been there twice, two or three times to South Africa. Yeah, no, look, a great bunch of guys. Yes, and uh, I got to say. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect uh, from uh, from Alessio because uh, I've seen what fighters from Brazil can do in the UFC. I've seen what fighters from Europe can do. I've seen what fighters from even South Africa. I have not seen Italy make their mark in the UFC. You know, so I I knew he'd be kind of a fair, uh, fairly a novice in it. So I was I was curious to see how he was going to do. And he was he was going up up against you, and uh, I honestly thought you were going to steamroll right through him. I I mean that was my prediction at first. I I I thought he wasn't going to be a match for you, and I got to say I was wrong. But wow, what a fight! That was good. Yeah, look, still one of my my, my I still say to this day one of the, my, my most favorite fights. Um, we are look just an all out war. I think it was. It was too good. I think he got carried by the passion. I mean, he, when when he had arrived in, in Montreal, uh, in Vancouver, he was coming off that, that massive earthquake in Italy and he had, had family and friends and that had been in that earthquake. And, um, it, it was big talk in, in Vancouver amongst the, the media and uh, events hosts and UFC itself. And it was kind of this big thing that he had rocked up and he was still there and he was still willing to go and... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I didn't, we didn't know what to respect. We knew he was a, he was a physically strong guy, um, and we felt comfortable. I mean, I, I think he caught me in the, I think it was the second round, the beginning of the second round. He caught me with an elbow. Um, I remember that. I shot, I'd taken him down, and 
I got, got up on a single, he caught me with the elbow and it, it rocked me and dropped me. And then he was on me. And that whole second round was just this dog fight. Um, look, still to this day, uh, there was still, there's still some, some discussion around the decision. And a lot of people thought I had won. A lot of people thought he had won, but you know, ultimately it was a great fight for the UFC. They, they actually came back. They loved it. They gave me a massive response in terms of it. They were uh, unbelievably impressed, uh, impressed about how, um, you know, kind of I, I'd got rocked and almost put away and I'd come back and had made it so close. And yeah, look, I mean, I think he's, he just had a good win in the UFC, excellent win in the UFC. He was on a three fight losing streak and, uh, he came out and, uh, yeah, he uh, he got a, a massive knockout. Um, so he he's still in the mix there. He's still running in the mix there, which is great for him. Good guy. We chat every now and again. Um, I think out of all the guys that I uh, had faced, he he's the one person that I still keep in contact every now and again. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, great fight, great UFC. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was a tough one because it was you, you know in Rotterdam I just didn't have the performance that I was meant to have, and I'd really put myself in the position where I was like, it was do or die um, at, uh, in Vancouver against Alessio. It was a fight that had to be won, um, you know, just to kind of level the playing fields and kind of stabilize myself again and say, okay, right, we had a mishap in, in Rotterdam. We came back, we won in, 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 in Vancouver. Let's go, let's keep mounting and moving forward. You know, I still to this day believe that I, a lot of unfortunate scenarios around me affected the way that I, I performed as an, an athlete. And uh, um, I, I do believe I didn't fulfill the potential that I should have in the UFC. Um, moving from that into the Boricino fight, it was a fight that I should never have taken. It was an emotional fight. Um, I, you know, I'd left FFM. Um, I was being press, pressured by the UFC to fight. And I kind of took this fight on short notice. And even on the plane going to, to, to Brazil, I just... I knew to myself, I was like, you shouldn't be here. It's not, it's not the right right decision. You're making a mistake. But I was already in. I'd already committed. So I had to follow through. You know, I really don't think he did that bad in that fight. I mean, in fact, I even argued the decision for the referee to stop it on your behalf. I did. But until I, I looked at it more and more, and I'm like, um, yeah, maybe that is a fair stoppage. Um, but so, 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 yeah, sorry. So, so on both. Both, both Rotterdam against Magnum Cedarblatt and uh, um, against uh, Boricino. I was still in the fight. I mean, I, against, against Magnum Cedarblatt, I was standing when he was... Uh, I was still standing up against the cage when he was... The ref stopped it. The sick against Boricino, that was just a case of... I got clipped and I, had, I got rocked slightly, but he was just on me so quickly, you know, that I tried to try to cover up and defend as much as I could. I took a few shots to the back of the head um, in that fight, definitely. Um, but again, I was just, it was, uh, he, he was almost, it was almost a case of he was already kind of pushed forward. He was the new up-and-coming star. He was the guy that was going to think we had. The ref obviously made the best decision that he thought was, was uh, at that particular time. So you can't fault the ref. Yes, I agree. I agree. I mean, what I was impressed with too was though you you did keep coming forward. I mean, uh, you know, you came came uh, 
you clipped him quite a few times, actually, with some good uppercuts before uh, he, he really got you good, though. I mean, you you, you were still in that fight. And, uh, so you didn't do so, bad at all, as far as I'm concerned. So there was, there was a moment when we were in the clinch, and I actually need him in the stomach. I caught him with a knee in the stomach, and it hurt him. It hurt him a, lo- a lot, and I could see it in his face, and he... Uh, that's when he just he just turned into full savage mode and unleashed this barrage of of punches and kicks and you know look I mean we we stayed in the fight as much as we could physically he was we still think he was overweight and he hadn't that he was I mean the guy was walking around as 105 kilos when he climbed in the ring so uh, as a middleweight it, he was just it was just this massive human being. Um, but uh, you know, I, again, I'm the type of guy that's not. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to shy away from a fight, and no matter what the end result is, that you need to uh, you need to put me on my shield to, to take me out of there. Um, you know, he went on. He, he went on this massive uh, rise, so I don't feel that hardly done by. Um, yeah, just it was a sad end to 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 my UFC career. It was something that I took quite badly. I, I was affected affected by it quite considerably because I'd invested so much into to making this this journey and making it happen and like I said it was never a case of the UFC was available it was not when I when we started we had to make that path there but I, if I look at the things now and I look at the youngsters coming through and I look at guys like Trickus and Don and uh, JP and Dolce that's there and you know there's this awesome pathway that's been formed for them and they also now understand the journey. They understand the environment. They've uh, the coaches understand it. As a, as a country, we've we we we've understood what it takes now to be there. We also, by myself winning in the UFC, gave gave a lot of fighters the self belief to go. Okay, well, we do belong here because we can win, um, and that was the most important thing, I think. So, if I take the context of the UFC, and if it was just a case of me showing the rest of the South Africans that we can win in the UFC by winning one fight. Um, and it then opened the doors for all these youngsters coming through. That's amazing. You know, then I did my job. Absolutely. Absolutely. So after all that, uh, you signed back with the EFC and of course, uh, you're called on to be one of the coaches of the fighter. Now, uh, first off, can you tell, I know it's very similar to uh, the Ultimate Fighter here, but what would you say are the differences? Uh, yeah, look, I think it was very much cut and paste um, on uh, the tough half. Um, kind of the same same environment. It was different because it was with girls, so you know you were teaching girls to fight, and you you had all these emotions. And girls are very different compared to a male. You know what I mean? These girls go through all different types of emotions. They've got periods. They've got cutting weights. It's, it affects them differently. So it was really, it was uh, it was a massive eye-opener for me. Um, you know, I'd been around MMA fighters so long. You're also trying to communicate across some barriers, language barriers. You're also looking at the case of... Um, uh, people you don't know, so you're teaching them styles and you're teaching them to be better athletes and fighters. But how much of it are they actually really taking in? You know, because it's just such a short notice thing. You know, Brendan took Brendan took a different approach to me. You know, I tried to make them into fighters. Brendan just took the approach of okay, I'm going to pick the biggest girls and just steamroll them. And for a large majority, it worked for him. Um, he 
he he got some good wins. I think we were very unfortunate with Alice not being able to fight. Uh, she was definitely a girl that after I think would have been in the final. And uh, out of everybody there that more, that fought uh, that uh, fought Manon, um, she was the one girl that could beat her. Definitely, she had the wrestling, she had the striking, she was super tough. Um, in fact, she was t- the toughest girl there, um, and she was actually quite very uh, on her feet. She was a very educated striker. She took a lot of punishment, but the damage that she did in the period of taking uh, punishment was was exceptional. So, I think she was kind of uh, it was tough for her. Kayla, for me, was an exceptional, uh, talented girl. She was just in the wrong division. The girls were just too big for her, so it, it was tough. Yeah, some some tough decisions, tough calls. Um, the emotion of 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 being in a show like that is it's not easy. You know, it was uh, it was up and down. It was all over the place. There were good moments. There were bad moments. Um, and really hard in a time when you're trying to you know prepare yourself in a camp and get ready to fight an opponent. Um, it was different. Very very different. You know, Soldier Boy, the first female fighter I ever interviewed, she was actually also uh, the first professional boxer I ever talked to as well. And uh, she told me something very, very interesting, and I'd like to get your take on this since uh, you you had that opportunity to coach up-and-coming female fighters. She told me that uh, because uh, this is combat sports are so dominated by men, that uh, women are too often written off, so they feel that they have more to prove, and they, so they train harder, they fight harder, and often put on a better show. What do you think on that? Yeah, look, 100% I could agree with you that uh, they are often um, uh, overlooked. Uh, I mean, the group of girls that I had, they were... Their, their work ethic was exceptional, what I expected of them and what we wanted to achieve. Um, no matter what the circumstance was, every one of them poured into it. They worked exceptionally hard. They gave everything of themselves. Uh, they all fought exceptionally hard. Um, you know, it, 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 I could never, no matter what the results are, what any of the results was, that six-week period that we spent uh, behind the cameras, in front of the cameras, the work ethic, the, the investment from each person was just was unreal and um, they they were never it's hard to explain it was different to training a guy um, yes uh, guys got egos girls don't have egos they don't carry an ego so there's no um, kind of like defiance if you if you hear what I say, if you know what I mean um, they do want to prove themselves they do invest immensely our women are very strong-minded they've got an incredibly good uh, mentality if i would say um whereas guys are easy they sway they're like kind of like a palm tree they one minute they're super they super focused next minute they're not women there was a consistent focus from them and they worked hard and um also very disciplined the women were very very i must say all the girls were incredibly disciplined in what i wanted from them um yeah i i was uh I was I was very impressed, and it, it, it was kind of a thing of like I said to them, you know, for me, I, I could I could have spent that time if if they were my team, if they were a team that stayed and trained and lived in South Africa, um, we could have done something very exceptional with them, and and as a team, we could have been quite a dominant force. I like that answer. I like that answer. 
And uh, uh, just uh, leading up to your last fight uh, with Brendan Lazar, I didn't. I honestly didn't know what to expect going into that uh, when you were going into that fight. Uh, definitely didn't expect that result that happened. Uh, I I have to ask you that. That's the only time I can ever recall seeing you get knocked cold like that. I don't. I don't even think uh, Henderson got got you like that, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it's the only time that I've been knocked out in a fight. But again, just I, the way that I see it, and you know, I'm asked about this often, and I just go, it was his night. You know, his stars aligned. Um, got caught by a punch that I didn't see, um, and in fact, I mean, I was, I was. I was in such control of the fight. I think that's what made everybody even more surprised by by the punch. You know, he, he, Brendan is an awkward guy. He's got he, he throws different types of punches, and he's um, he, he kind of has this very awkward style. And it's, we knew that we, there were things that were going to happen that were unorthodox, uh, and that we needed to expect them. Um, but he threw an, he threw an overhand left off a jab hand. I mean, which was not something that you see every day and it's not something that you can really prepare for I mean the way that I see it um, yeah just uh, <laughs> yeah it's just I, I don't think there is an answer for, for, for how it went down um, my, my preparation was unbelievable 37 38 years old best shape of my life um, physically mentally um, I just I just felt like I, I kind of had clicked I felt like I had finally found and I still believe it that I finally found who Soldier Boy was as a fighter. I finally found this perfect mix of everything for myself. And yeah, I just got caught. I mean, that's the fight game. People know you can be can be the best guy, you can be the best fighter in the world, you can be unstoppable and boom, it's over. It takes all it takes is one punch, uh, with a four ounce glove at that weight at my weight and and upwards, guys hit very hard. I mean <laughs> and you, you don't, you don't, you, sometimes you just don't get the t- chance to recover, uh, you know? So, uh, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I was, it was disappointing. It was hard, it was hard to take, but um, it, 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 the result was, is what it is, and we just accept it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's wins and losses in this game, too. Yes. And then, well, uh, I, I think, yeah, go on. I, I don't know. I mean, if you if you look at it and you look at the guys and you look at the top end fighters in the UFC and you look at the guys, these perfect records no longer stand, and these low winning ratios don't stand for for very long. You know, twenties and fives and twenties and sevens and twenty and tens are pretty much where the top guys are in the world. You, you, the one thing about MMA is there's too many variables. It's it's not like a boxing fight. Um, there's uh, there's so much happening. You, you're defending a knee, a kick, a, a punch, an elbow, uh, um, being taken down, being submitted, being uh, put on the cage. There's just constant different channels, and you you can't you can't expect to be perfect everywhere. Uh, it's very difficult. I mean, you look at a guy like Khabib and what he's achieved. It, it just shows you how how advanced he is, opposed to everybody else. Because if you go look at the if you go look at the guys that are in there at the moment, uh, Chandler's what twenty and three or something. Uh, you look at the Oliveira. Oliveira's was a guy that was also nowhere. Came up a bit, went back down, go into. Now all of a sudden he's this wrecking crew. I think his record's twenty something and seven. 
So yeah. losses is just, it, it's something that's going to happen. You're never going to be in the sport and you're never not going to lose. As a fighter, that's something you have to accept. You're just trying to minimize as much, the losses as much as you possibly can. You just get guys who have your number. It's just what it is. They can, they can not even be on the same skill level as you. They can be in a space where it's kind of like um, you, you, you're too advanced for them. And I mean, I think that was the scenario with, uh, with Brendan Lazar. Everybody was like, you're too advanced for him. You, it's, it's, it, there's no way this guy could beat you. No one gave him a chance. Only his small circle of guys. And what did he do? He proved everybody wrong. So it just shows you the essence of the sport, that you can never count anybody out in the sport. Not, not, by, not by a single shot, not by 25 minutes. The, the, the game can change in a second. I think uh, one of the best examples of what you're saying right there is uh, one of my favorite fighters of all time, and that would be uh, Butterbean. I mean, they, they look at him, they, they think oh, he, that, he's a, that just because he's a big fat guy, you know, it, he's going to have poor stamina, but... Uh, fact of the matter is is that uh, he's got amazing power and proved a lot of people wrong when he stepped in the ring almost every time that and he showed just because he's overweight um doesn't mean he didn't have any skills oh yeah he had he has skills yeah look like roy nelson he's also yeah. another guy who was exactly the same man and it was had an amazing gas tank yeah unbelievable chin as well so yeah look i mean but the sport's changing though um you know the athletes i think Fighters are just becoming more and more, as a professional athlete, the more and more that um, MMA becomes a mainstream sport, these guys are conducting themselves different. They prepare differently, different mindsets. Um, there's different coaching staff. There's different uh, medical teams around them. It's just, it, it's, ten, if I look at myself five years ago and, I look at my, now, um, it's a completely different world compared to when I was there. Ten years ago, different, completely different world. So the elevation of uh, um, and evolution of MMA is, is an unbelievable thing to watch. You look at these youngsters that are coming through now, they, they're not a, it's not a karate guy or a jits guy or a boxing guy who's doing MMA. It's an MMA fighter. And what these kids are doing is unbelievable. Yes. Yes, I agree 100%. Of course, though, I mean, after, after this, um, looking back to uh, 2020, what a hell of a year. I mean, uh, pretty much COVID closes down the whole world. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, since, since uh, talking uh, to all of you in South Africa there, you know, I mean, I've gone on from, uh, I've talked to uh, musicians like uh, Francois Van Koch, and Jack Perro and Steve Hoffmeyer, you know, and uh, that means that uh, I've also uh, become familiar with uh, unfortunate things that are going on in South Africa too. That I'm, I don't want to get into those in this interview because it's just not appropriate at this time. But uh, that, let's just say that uh, I know more about what's going on in your country than I should, and that's what somebody said. I know too much. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, I think South Africa is um, is in a very tough space, but we're a tough nation and we're a t we're tough people, and uh, you know we're always looking to improve ourselves. And you know, there's a lot of people out there that are fighting the good fight and trying to make South Africa a better place. And um, 
you know, it's not all it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, South Africa still has this greatness. Uh, us winning the World Cup was, oh, was a yeah. massive thing to show the world to show the world that we you mustn't count us off. We we that type of people. Um, you know, we we might not might not be one of the bigger countries in the world, but we definitely have the ability to be competitive in a lot of areas. Um, you look at uh, Kanya Samban, the South African sprinter. He's run, won the world, run the world leading time at, at the 100 meters, uh, leading up to the to the Olympics coming up. So that, uh, I mean, South Africa is full of potential. We have uh, a vast um, a country of uh, humans that can do exceptional things. I mean, everybody knows Elon Musk. Elon Musk is a South African, uh, you know. So we um, we don't write ourselves off at any stage. I think that's the biggest thing we. We still stay um, incredibly positive in ourselves. Um, you know, if I look in the UFC, we've got guys like Don, two-fight win streak. Trickus just wore a big win for himself. Um, he's another guy, amazing guy that's got to that uh, the UFC's got to watch out for. His his drive and his his mentality and his work ethic is just out of this world. Um, I look on the sporting front, Brad Binder in the in the uh, MotoGP. Um, rugby, we got a great rugby nation cricket. So, like, I mean, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of bad, but there's also a lot of great stuff that's happening in South Africa, and um, uh, we've got to just, yeah, just stay in the fight. I, 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 you know, I look at South Africa and I look at the rest of the world. The rest of the world has got as many as problems as what South Africa's got. Just different stages and different types of problems, but the world is struggling. You know, it's not a, it's not just a, it's, it's called a global pandemic for a reason, and it's, it's. It's rattling everybody's infrastructure, and it's rattling every the way that it's it's rattling everybody's mentality and the way that they do things. Uh, you look at the U.S. The U.S. have been through so many different stages. They had that massive um, outbreak of uh, black violence, uh, 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 violence against oh, black, yes. uh, black men. Um, you've gone through the Trump scenario. You've uh, you you know there's you guys had massive outbreaks in terms of uh, COVID. Uh, you look at it in London, London's going through massive outbreaks as well. They've kind of locked their whole thing. And everybody's kind of gone into this shell and uh, trying to find themselves and concentrate on themselves internally to rebuild themselves so that they can cope with what's happening. Yeah, um, yeah look, I mean, I think COVID's exposed a lot uh, in a lot of areas. You know, we're not in a perfect environment. We, we, we're in a tough scenario. It's, it's, it's hard, yeah, it's hard. But we, as a nation, we built for it. You know, we're tough people. Yes, yes, you're right. I mean, and I actually had COVID for uh, la- the towards the end of last summer. And I'm going to be honest. I mean, I'm. I know that uh, other people, a lot of other people, haven't fared as well. But I did. I wasn't that sick, so I'm I'm thankful for that. So uh, it's just, this is the amazing thing about COVID. You don't know how you're going to respond. No one knows. No one knows what's going to happen. It's. I think that's the fear that grips everybody. You can can have the COVID and not not even affect you at all. You can have COVID and uh, you can wake up the next morning and, and go to the shop and drop down dead. It's just it's kind of this this unknown that's that's happening with COVID at the moment. Uh, you know, we've had people in our immediate circle who have had uh, on kidney dialysis and heart surgery and they have half a lung and get COVID and nothing happens to them. We know people who... Um, were super fit, never drank, never smoked, um, just unbelievably in great shape and got COVID and 
drop down dead. So it's it is it's a scary thing because it's it's not something you understand. I mean, you had it, you were fine. You could have had it and it could have affected you differently. I think once we get to grips on it and understand it better, um, we'll be able to deal with it a lot better. You know, it's it, it's not. It has a very high infection rate, but it does claim it as many deaths as what was expected. Uh, yeah, so, you know, what are we dealing with? What are, where is the world? The world doesn't know. No one can give straight answers anywhere in the world. Um, no one actually knows the truth behind the scenario. Uh, I mean, you hear all these unbelievable uh, conspiracy theories. So, you know, and, and the thing is, there's no, there's no clear indication of the virus and what it does and how they're protect, protecting uh, the human race. And there's no clear indication that the, the conspiracy theories are not correct. So I think everybody's just in a space where they're very confused and um, it's hard. Yeah, but you look at how adaptable the human race is and we're getting on with normal life. We, we're doing what we need to. We're working. Uh, we're in the fight. We're trying to survive trying to make money, uh, trying to put on events. UFC have been unbelievable in COVID to, to make sure that the guys are fighting. UFC's back now. So it's kind of like, okay, we had that year and a half of, oh, oh my gosh, you're too scared to do anything. But now people are going, well, hang on. There's people out there doing it. UFC's the leader. UFC was the leader for all sports to say it can be managed properly. You can compete. You can look after fighters. You can look after athletes. So kind of, now the world's kind of starting to find normality. The soccer leagues are back in, basketball leagues are back in, football leagues, baseball, um, Olympics is, is going ahead. So, you know, we, we, we find a way. We, uh, uh, you probably potentially find five years' time to look back and be like, what a tough time. But we came out the other side. Well, there's a phrase I was told back uh, when, uh, 10 years ago when we were going through uh, our economic recession uh, between Bush and Obama, and it was my grandfather who told me, tough times don't last. Tough people do. Well, 100%. Yes. 100%. I think, I think again, those people, the right people are standing up at the right time, uh, which is carrying us forward. Um, uh, there's a lot of people that are hiding away. They don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people that are gripped by fear, but there's also a lot of people that are that are being are being defiant and also being we won't be be controlled by this by this disease. We won't lie down. We'll come back. We'll fight. We'll find a solution. And that's kind of why the human race is the most advanced. Uh, I mean, race in the well, it's the most advanced animal race thing <laughs> there is on on Earth because we are we we adaptive. We have the ability to think on our feet. We have the ability to change. We um, are a lot stronger emotionally than what we uh, we think we are. We are a lot mentally stronger than what we think we are. You know, as a fighter, we said this often. I push myself to spaces that most people wouldn't have dreamed of coming, going. 99% of people in this world would never take themselves there. But fighters in general have taken themselves beyond what we thought was capable um, and now are living in an environment where things don't seem so bad or don't affect us as much as the, what they do because mentally we're so strong. Yes. Yes, most definitely. 
Well, Soldier Boy, we are just about out of time for this uh, segment here. I want to thank you very much for joining me again. And just one thing I, I've got to comment on real quick before we go is uh, I went to your website. I know your website's still out there, and I kind of saw something that might uh, benefit me because I have not shaved my face since October. <laughs> Yeah, so look, I uh, I keep myself uh, trim now. I'm in the family business, so I run our family business as well. So, got to you know have to be presentable. Um, but potentially one loss, one loss too raw from uh, Soldier Boy on the horizon. So people must definitely look out for that. Um, and uh, hopefully we can leave them with the the lasting memory of what Soldier Boy really actually was capable of. <laughs> yes, why don't you go ahead and plug your website since I mentioned that. Uh, yeah, so catch me on Instagram. It's uh, Soldier Boy, um, Soldier Boy Inc. and Soldier Boy Inc. on Twitter. Uh, uh, www.soldierboy.co.za is my website. Um, yeah, catch you, check it out. Um, check our family business, which is www.line.co.za. See what Soldier Boy is doing afterwards. Um, the life after fighter, because that is very true. Most fighters need to understand that. Um, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, always, uh, always great to chat to you, Billy. Um, and to the support around the world, guys, keep supporting MMA. Um, the guys go through an immense amount to, to, to give you guys live action. Um, make sure you honor them and uh, give them the support that they need. Absolutely. Well, Soldier Boy, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, best of luck to you in your future endeavors. I'm, you're, you're, you're still young. I mean, I know you're pushing forty, but uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing you fight at least a few more times. Yeah, look, so we're still strong, still physically and mentally strong. Um, we need to uh, rectify a few things, and uh, before we can say goodbye. <laughs> All right, you take care. Thanks, eh? All right, that was the interview I had with Gareth Soldier Boy McClellan out of South Africa. And now we're going to hit our first music set. Coming up, we have Bravo Delta, going to be followed by Lurid Liz. Then we have a very rare twin spin. Yes, we have Muzzy Braun, going to be followed by uh, his son, of course, which is in the band uh, Reckless Kelly and Viper Arms. We'll be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth?
New from McBurger is the 99-cent fan juicy. Hearty toppings, rich flavor, and piles of our secret sauce. We aren't even going to tell you what's in it, but hey, it's 99 cents, so we're sure you'll buy it. Or double-size your meal and get an extra bag of grease. Because if it only costs 99 cents at McBurger, it must taste good. For a limited time, 99-cent menu becomes $4 menu after next Friday. Morning, food might be hot. Burger fan juicy on the 99 cents.
polished in my Stetson's on tight Fixing to ride for that gold buckle tonight My muscles are hardened and my face is tight and tanned Tonight they'll be proud that I'm a rodeo man Tonight I'll make it to the top of the world Warm up the Cadillac, won't you call up the girls Tonight I'll join the very top hand Thank God Almighty I'm a rodeo man Yeah, thank God Almighty I'm a rodeo man
no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed battle after battle hunter athletic gear is the brand celebrating your victory hunter athletic gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies including compression pants fight shorts hoodies vests caps and bikinis they can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business visit their website at huntermma.co.za gear up and let's train What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour unexpected interrupted and uncensored information join our ctm family today join the movement join the fight for freedom and independence caravan to midnight is media for the people by the people independent of commercial obligations or influence for less than a cup of coffee per month you can make a difference let the people fund the next news network help us grow help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first join the family at caravantomidnight.com It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. 
Mark your calendar and make plans now to experience Highway 30 Music Fest 2021, June 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th at the Twin Falls Fairgrounds in Filer, Idaho. With good food and drink, country music, Americana music, rock and red dirt, there's something for everyone. Artists performing Thursday, June 24th include Brass Tax. Lord, if you can hear me, Ray Wiley Hubbard. Snake Farm. It just sounds nasty. Snake Farm. Night Ranger. And more. Sponsors of Highway 30 Music Fest 2021 include Bish's RV, Donnelly Sports, and Swire Coca-Cola. Have a great time while helping organizations and families in need. Highway 30 Music Fest will take place rain or shine. To order tickets and for more information, visit hwy30musicfest.com. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard Viper Arms with Sugar Rush. Before that, Rodeo Man by Reckless Kelly. Before that, Rodeo Man by Muzzy Braun. Yes, a very rare twin spin. <laughs> Before that, Lurid Liz with I Never Knew. And starting off the whole set, Unbreakable by Bravo Delta. So in just a little bit, you're going to hear the interview that uh, I conducted with Patty Burgess out of Horseshoe Bend, Idaho. Now, uh, the subject her and I talked about... Uh, kind of felt since uh, John B. Wells was taking live calls on his show that I should call in and talk about that uh, with him as well. And so you're going to hear that conversation. But before we get to that, it's time to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is Rachel Levine. (laughs) Yes, the transgender woman that Biden picked out. Yes, this uh, pediatrician, this. All right, so I'm not going after him or her, whatever, because they're transgender. I'm not doing that. I'm not a transphobe. The problem I have with this person is the fact that they are trying to push the narrative of transgenderism onto our children, saying that uh, we, we should put our children on puberty blockers until they decide what gender they want to be. So, you know, they're really pushing this narrative. I think they want more transgenderism. I don't know what's going on. But... Br- Joe Biden is just nothing but a clusterfuck. This piece of shit 
needs to be out of the White House. No doubt. All right, enough of that. Let's go ahead and go on to Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk. Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk. I just want to tell you that America is the greatest place on earth. We will make America great again. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk starts now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for this edition of Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk, I want to welcome a newcomer to Outlaw Radio. I want to welcome Patty Burgess out of, of all places, my hometown of Horseshoe Bend, Idaho. How you doing? Great. Thank you. Hey, thank you very much for joining the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you posted something on Facebook that caught my attention, caught my attention so much that uh, I wasn't very happy with what I read, and uh, I actually wanted to go to John B. Wells about this when he was hosting uh, the Naked Lines last night. So uh, before you and I get into it, I am going to play that conversation that him and I had. Okay. Okay, hey, delighted to see Bad Billy. Bad Billy's in the queue. Bad Billy, how bad How bad are you tonight, Bad Billy? <laughs> well, I think uh, mad is more uh, the way to describe it after something I saw on my Facebook today, but good to talk to you, John. Good to talk to you, Mad Billy. I'm kind of liking that. Uh, well, yeah. so I check uh, one of the groups that I'm in for uh, my hometown of Horseshoe Bend, Idaho, and uh, one of the local parents there from one of the schools has um, posted something that uh, concerning the senior prom. Now, emphasizing all what the senior prom about is all about, it's honestly supposed to be one of the fondest memories of our final moments of childhood, as far as I'm concerned. A chance to, uh, you know, s- snuggle up with your sweetheart and have a good time. Well, do Last last year, they canceled the prom due to all this COVID madness. This year, they're making trying to push regulations that make no sense whatsoever. Because they've, uh, from what I understand, uh, there are no masks required in the classroom. I think there is social distancing. Um, so I'll tell you what. I got can you some. hold? Can you can you hope? Can you hold it right there, Billy, until we uh, get back? This little break is just. Uh, it's just a couple of minutes yeah. long, and um, and just pick up right where you left off, okay? All right, we got Bad Billy on the line here, and we'll take some more of your calls tonight. This is Caravan to Midnight on Good Friday Night. Stand by. This is Caravan to Midnight, which can be located at caravantomidnight.com. No numbers, no missing letters in midnight, just the words caravantomidnight.com. Go and take a look. You're going to like it a lot. Go and look at the episodes. See who we talk to. See what's waiting for you for a um, 
really for a pittance compared to what you get. Now, if Bad Billy will come back on the line, I'd like to, um, Billy, just catch us back up to um, to the point where we had to break and then carry on, will you? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Horseshoe Bend High School staff has decided to go on with the senior prom this year, but uh, with uh, some regulations that just don't seem to make any sense to me whatsoever. First off, we're dealing with... Uh, Probably the healthiest group of people when it comes to COVID nineteen. You know, no seniors, no no elders. We're to, we're talking teenagers here, who are in uh, you know some of the the top healthiest categories. And uh, this is what uh, the email that's sent out to the parents says here: All prom attendees will need to get COVID tested no no more than three days before the prom by april fir- april 21st and bring proof of the negative test to the school by the day of the prom the school can provide the students a free saliva-based covid te- covid test which is taken at the school to vault testing labs via 24 hours us ups mail and the results are emailed to the st- student's email within 48 hours now, I don't know, this seems like uh, the, uh, what, the COVID passport is playing in, in here a little bit. Plus, how can, at a senior prom, like I said, you know, you're supposed to uh, get a little bit more acquainted with your sweetheart there, especially during a slowdown. So, how are you going to, how are you going to social distance at an event like this? This, this is a Bravo Sierra at, at the highest, I think. Well, I think you're right. You know, in Germany at the dance, they were having them back with their masks on. They were dancing back to back. Wow. <sighs> at a senior graduation. And of course, there's the old expression. We're all grownups here. Everybody's heard it. When somebody's leaving. Well, actually, my friend in Chicago is the only, uh, he refers to himself as John Wells' favorite Mexican. And he's a voiceover yeah. artist and uh, comes from a radio family and all that. Jorge, little shout out to Jorge. Uh, whenever he was um, ready to leave, uh, you know, the table or an event or the, the the house or whatever, he'd say, well, I'm off like a prom dress. Now, why can you say that? Because at that point, you're an adult. You're 18 years old or about to be within days. And um, I know of one person, only one person, but she was, she came home on her uh, 18th birthday after just being out for a little while. And her parents were standing there. And her uh, two suitcases were packed, and that was it. You're leaving. You're 18. You're out of the house. Bye. That's how. Uh, that's how seriously they took their daughter becoming an adult. Now, as far as this, uh, this other stuff is concerned, look, it comes down to this. It's exactly what is written in this um, in this letter that um, was sent to me by someone. A key trait of. Um, these exercised conservatives is that they're independent people holding down jobs, raising families, running businesses. They don't have time for extra activities and they don't naturally gather in groups. Conservatives are the people out on the leading edge, making America function, taking risks and carrying the entire load of non-working people and greedy politicians on their backs. It takes some acute pain to get ordinary working conservatives to co- to uh, coagulate and ain't it the truth the only way to stop this nonsense is if there is an enormous public uproar but again going back to this go on yeah i'm sorry john (laughs) no don't worry 
no. You can, you go. I'm saying that that's that's part of it too, is because I talked to uh, my cousin and asked him about the mandates because he's one of the basketball coaches, and uh, he's you know he, he told me. Of, of course, uh, there's no masks in in the classroom. Uh, however, he has to wear it when he's coaching. And um, come in. A, go on, that? sorry. No, no, it's just a slip of the mic switch. Oh, okay. So, you know, it, he's he's forced to wear the wear the mask while he's coaching, and he's but. Uh, he says it's not really the school's fault. It's too many of, there's a lot of the parents who are believing all of the Bravo Sierra they hear on CNN and all the mainstream media. So they're making some kind of uproar causing the school board to, to do this. Which I don't know how much of that I really believe. I think he was fed something else, you know, and and uh, the state government's trying to push something. I don't know. It uh, could be a little of each, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, I think I I have no doubt that uh, with the mainstream media pumping fear into everybody, uh, I think that plays a big role in this whole mess. Yeah, I think it is something to do with um, this AI thing again. You know, I've been thinking about this for the last two days. It's literally on my brain. And and thinking about AI in control of media and writing every single article out there, um, everything towards an agenda. Not only does it write all the articles, self-correct and censor any voice that is opposing the, the the strategy, the overall strategy, but it also sends out all the talking points. It, 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 that's how we get all these news people saying the same words and the same sentences. It's controlled. This is where they want to take us. And, and I don't understand how people are still fighting about the minutiae of the little things that this AI is actually planting. Do we wear masks? Do we do this? Do we do that? No, we don't. What we do is we resist this. And um, if we are, John and I have walked out of stores. So like, if you're going to force us to wear this mask, you know what? You can't have our money. Thank you. Bye. Have a nice day. And I like that. if it's just one or two people doing it, it's not going to have an impact. But if we all do it, and, and coming, I mean, I know I sound like a broken record, but if I go back to Westworld, it says that this machine is designed, it was designed to create a god for these people because it can predict the future uh, based on uncertain outcomes. It's a very, very powerful ma machine. The point is that it literally has a predicted outcome and will do and say anything in order to achieve it, including kill you. According to this, it says that there's a large percentage of the people that this thing will not be able to control. It can control most of the human race, but there's, there's a certain kind of person, and that's who we are, the Christian Bible-believing people. They can, it, it just simply doesn't have an effect. And if you look at, uh, watch what they do there, they actually freeze you and put you into stasis every day dissident voice, or they send you for a re-education. And if you don't re-educate, they freeze you. So, I, this entire agenda is designed to get rid of us. 
And and that is the big story. And the only thing way we're gonna fight this is through Jesus and God, because it is a battle between good and evil. And this machine is the beast. I mean, and it's got a name. And the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that his name is above every other name. So as long as something has a name, we know Jesus is above that. And that's the only way we're going to get through this. But we know, the Bible says, that this is the end times. This is what we, what's going to happen. They are going to try and kill us. They silence us and make us go away. And uh, the only way we're not going to go away is if we band together and we resist this together. What do you think, John? Well, I, I agree with you completely. And forgive me for injecting some strange stuff here. I've done it a few times now. But it is all deception. And deception will rise to spectacular levels in the last days. Now, how many last days? There could be lots and lots of last days. But we see everything is deception coming from, from our so-called authorities. And now we have not only political disagreements on a spectacular level, but we also have social disagreements on a spectacular level. And most of the agitation coming from the left is fueled by AI-controlled media that just hammers the same points over and over and over again. And, and if you do that to people, it's called indoctrination, and it works. It's very effective among the weak-minded. The only stories worth writing about... Are refer to individuals who had the strength of individuality to resist these initiatives up to and including convincing their mental captors that, oh yes, we're, I'm definitely on your page, absolutely, when they're not at all, hence turning the deception back on their on the perpetrators. And that's why we are here. We we are the outliers. That's all there is to it. We are the breakaway civilization. We don't like this. And I, and I don't say this to be macho man. I remember Richard Pryor? I'll take that knife and stick it. Mm-hmm. Bah, bah, bah. I <clears throat> when somebody says, do you have a mask, sir? I say, yeah, I have one in my pocket or I have one in my car, depending on which is true. And, well, why aren't you wearing it? Because I'm exempt. And why are you exempt? Because I say so. Do you want the money or not? Well, our policy, I don't care about your policy. Well, it's state law. It's a stupid law. I'm not doing it. You want the money or not? Well, yeah, you want to put it that way. I'll take the money. Good. That's good for you. Here's Ultimately, the money. money talks. So let your money talk for you. And that's what you always say. If you want something to go away, quit buying it. But I think it's time we stop looking at the symptoms. And the symptoms are the masks and the vaccine yes. and all those things. Yes, we have to resist and fight that. But those are the symptoms. The biggest, the big picture here is that I believe that this thing called the hammer is sentient and that is because no human can control so many aspects of everything all the time. The internet of things. And I think when we realize that, get into it, people, please help me do this research. But I think that beast is sentient and we've got a problem. Not only that, I think um, I don't think it was necessarily a, uh, the initial offering of six hundred million dollars uh, for Jeff Bezos to build a server farm for CIA. I suspect Jeff Bezos built the hammer. That, that's what I'm thinking. At least his operators, his technicians, his his code writers, so forth. Because this thing is serious. And remember, everybody, the hammer is not a single use computer. 
It is a multifaceted. It's the best on the face of the earth, at least so far. Quantum computer, and it literally scans every single cell phone, phone call, email, uh, article, everything. And when we come back, John, can we talk about what we can do about this? Oh, absolutely. We're, we're about solutions, not just whining about problems. Everybody on hold, please hold your positions. I want to get to you as fast as I possibly can, and we will. Thank me you, John. and me and the Queen. Billy, thanks so much for the call. That's, a, that's good stuff. I'm sorry that the people are going through that up there, but people are going through something all over as a result of this fraud. And now I'm calling it what it is. It's a fraud. The flu disappeared, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Does everybody understand this? The flu went away. And the average age of the infected with COVID-19 is exactly the same as those who are most highly affected by the common flu, which will come back every year. All right. So with that said, you posted it on Facebook because the upcoming senior prom. Well, I I grew up in Horseshoe Bend. I think uh, unless it's changed since I've been there, even freshmen are still allowed last I knew. Yes, it's an all-school prom. Yep, yep. So we can't normal just specify senior. It's it's for it's for all grades. So yeah, it's the way it was when I was there. That it's been twenty five years or more since I've graduated, and that still has not changed. So, but what has changed are things we that are are very disappointing. Obviously, COVID nineteen. I mean, has shut us down for the last year. And just hindered almost everything, every particle of life we enjoyed. Whether, you know, some people are laid off and are losing their homes, whatever's happening, you know, due due to COVID. Because they can't work. They've collected all the unemployment they can and, and that well has run dry. And or we have people who are in some fields that require mass overtime, so they don't have t- family time. They have to keep working. So there, there's that sort side of the coin too. And then this whole thing about senior prom. Now, as I'm looking at things, I mean, I'm hearing about some COVID spikes here and there. Biden wants to uh, force everybody to wear masks, which I think is utterly ridiculous because it's already been proven that masks do not work. They they ca- they make things worse. As a matter of fact, uh, Twin Falls, where I'm at, has not really had a mask mandate. Our cases have gone down. Boise is really, really strict about it. Their cases keep going up, but yet they want to ignore that narrative and just keep this going. But the senior, or the, the all-school prom, <laughs> yeah. it's just utterly ridiculous. You, you got the email. I read it to John. I mean, this is just another portion of them robbing our children of their childhood. I mean, like I told John, this is supposed to be one of your last fond memories of childhood. And they're tr- they're they're trying to take that away. It's so disappointing. Right. It's about choices and they're taking all our choices away. Taking taking everything it seems that they can. That they can yeah. so so as a parent when when you got the email as a parent, you're looking at this. You remember, 
You remember going to the prom. You remember what that was like. How much fun was that for you? Um, what was your first reaction overall? Um, that was the first reaction was that. It was like, I remember how much fun I had and how exciting it was. And it was just, uh, there was no rules and restrictions and we just got to, you know, have a good time. And I was sad. I was sad for what they were continuing to do uh, to the kids. It just doesn't make, make a lot of sense to me considering that, uh, they're, they're not mask mandating in, uh, in the classroom anymore. I, I can understand maybe a little bit of the social distancing maybe, but, uh, you have to go to the prom. You have to wear a mask. You have to social distance. How are you going to dance like that? Uh, how are you going to enjoy yourself like that? I'm having a having a face diaper on the whole time. <laughs> well, I guess I just found out that the prom won't be held in Horseshoe Bend, so that doesn't alleviate the concerns of having to test before you go to the prom or the mask mandate. So. Um, that's just a whole nother concern for me. So what are they thinking of like Boise or Emmett or? I'm assuming Boise, but I will find out next week when I talk to the school. Uh, they didn't put that in the email. So I assumed it was here in Horseshoe Bend. So I don't know. And I will find out. Well, not having it in Horseshoe Bend also just makes zero sense to me. Zero. I mean, I mean, the, I mean that that's that's the school that that these kids go to. I don't understand why they got to have it somewhere else. It's the school, and we're not in like five minutes from the next town. We're twenty miles up and over a mountain, and again, just concern for our kids. Yeah, it doesn't matter what direction you go. You can go yeah. go west into Emmett. You go through a bunch of windy roads on Highway 52, and that's about, that's again, 25 minutes there. Or you go 25 minutes over a mountain to Boise. Mm -hmm. So so it it, it is so ridiculous. I mean, I think he got it better off a little bit uh, than Garden Valley. Hopefully Garden Valley's going to have a prom without all this bullshit. I sure hope so. But have you you heard uh, anything more from any of the officials from the the school at this point, or you're just hearing everything on on Tuesday? It will be Tuesday when I can actually walk into the school um, personally and go face-to-face with the principal and just ask where my answers can where I can find the answers to my questions. Does it feel kind of like that you're going into a court hearing at all? <laughs> um, yeah, it does. It does. I feel like I'm going walking into a rigged setting, unfortunately, in the, in the way it has been handled the last year and a half. So that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it, it just seems like to me like you're you're heading into a courtroom. You're you're not necessarily the defendant, but you want to you want to plead your case. Uh-huh. I had a senior who would have been a senior this year. She ended up graduating early, so she's not dealing with all this. She's already um, living her own life. But then my son is a freshman, 
and it's affected the kids the most out here in Horseshoe Bend. It's pretty normal. The kids are the ones that have been affected the most with the lack of um, people being out there sporting events, the lack of sporting events, all that stuff. It's just they are the ones affected, and I don't think the parents out here realize that they really do have voices, and it's time we stand up for their kids. Well, I'm willing to bet it's, it's already been proven that last year, more people have died from cancer than COVID. More people have died from heart disease due to obesity last year than COVID. Um, you know, I had COVID and what happened to me? I know others haven't fared so well and I do acknowledge them. My sister didn't do as well as I did, but she still survived. I had a slight fever bit of a sore throat, a headache, and then I lost my sense of smell for about a week. That was it. I've had colds worse than that. I've had flus worse than that. You know, I, as I said in my post, getting sick is a part of life. This whole thing, I think, is a is a exactly what they call it, a plandemic, a scamdemic, Choose your words. However, I don't care at all. That's the part that makes sense to me. This is this is more about uh, gearing us up for a I can't say the word correctly. Totalitarian regime. What do you think? Right. I I agree. Um, and we was I was just having a conversation with my son, and he's frustrated as you would expect from him um, because I possibly will not let him go to this prom and it's trying to explain to my 15 year old that it's about control and that it's not just on the school level it's coming from so high up in our in our government that he has been taught to respect authority and listen to authority but at the same time now he's got a mom that's saying hold on because now we're fighting right versus wrong and it's it's a confusing horrible situation for our children and yeah it's totally about control and becoming totally um submissive to them to the ones that want to control us exactly exactly i mean i mean i do believe this last election was completely stolen from us it i mean 100%. i mean biden didn't win legitimately <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the 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 statistics at the debates even showed that that Donald Trump owned him. I mean, it was almost like abuse of an elderly person when they debated. Yes, but but there, this radical regime is showing us that there is no bounds to what they they will do. Um, they are proving that they are putting America last. With our border crisis, they they want to teach our children how much Black Lives Matter by by showing us how bad white people are and erasing history. They want to they they really want to push the narrative of transgenderism as as if that's more important than all that's more important than mathematics and mathematics is racist, right. I mean, that, that, 
what's what we go ahead to a whole nother sorry sorry that takes it to a whole nother level when you bring in the transgender and the the, the different <clears throat> sin it's it's sin it's the evil versus good or the bad versus right or uh, wrong versus right it's it's sin and we're in a whole different era of problems at that point and that's unfortunate for half of our country who is buying into it so wholeheartedly see they've even many of them have taken it up a notch where a couple years ago they started it out with that you could they were taking they 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 started out they had a stripper inside of a preschool exposing them to that creating future pedophiles because really that that I mean look at look at a lot of our our serial killers were exposed to pornography at a very very young age right and and then um they're tell they have talks with them like well yeah you were born a boy but you can be a girl if you want to and now they've taken that to the point where they're trying to hypnotize them a lot of them this is what they're doing is they'll they'll take a little boy between the ages of three and five sit him down look him in the eye and say well yes you were you, you were born with a penis but deep down you are a girl look him in the eye and drill that in their head over and over again so basically if uh, if there's a person, if there's a man who feels like he's a woman trapped in a man's body, and you know it, he's he's of a of a later age, of course, um, you know he he can make that decision for himself. Now there's almost this this is not even indoctrinating. This is like manipulation through hypnotism, almost. Right. It's, <laughs> it's crazy that we're being forced to choose where our children even go to school today because of the stuff that they are teaching our children or being allowed to not even blatantly teach them, but just stick in there when they're taking away our history and throwing in um, sexual orientation in our young grade school ages. It's wrong. I <laughs> know oh, I'm probably throwing you a curveball with some of these subjects, but <laughs> well, they're they're important, and they all stem together. It all stems to the same the same issues um, that we're having from the school level to the government level to in our homes. Um, they're battles that we're battling every day, and you know our family has gone through a lot in the last year, and you know what we have found is that God between me and my husband, God is the one that's going to help us be able to make it through this. It's going to help us teach our children right from wrong and good from evil. And uh, that's my, I think that's why I'm feeling so passionate in this school thing is because people need to know that there's an answer and a solution. And that's, you know, it's God and it's following God's will and God's word and for me, that's the biggest piece of this. It's just it's all tied together, and it's also full of sin and self and hate. And so, all those different topics that you're throwing at me are—they're all so important, especially as a parent trying to teach our kids today in the crazy world we live in. So, it's okay. It's—it's it's like it's becoming a battle for your for your children because 
I mean, even here in Idaho, this, this is one of the reddest states on the map where we strongly believe in our conservatism. You know, and uh, I'm not LDS, but I have a lot of friends that are, and I, I will side with them on this, you know, because they, they want to stick to their conservatism. You know, I mean, and when, when I was going to Horseshoe Bend, I mean, my history teacher was clearly a Democrat. And he'd look you in the eye and tell you he was a Democrat. But right. he, what he did was actually took a survey on us during our, our history class to see where our beliefs stand. And, and he classified us to where we're at. And I, I, my answers, I ended up roll, rolling uh, as, a, as an independent libertarian um, you know, mostly uh, leaning toward the right, where some there were some Democrats, uh, some uh, party party of liberation and things like that. You know, but uh, and he nailed it on the head. Never once did I remember Mister Cronley trying to indoctrinate us with a bunch of bullshit. I don't. He never once he told us by giving us that survey. He was giving us the individuality to think for ourselves is the way I feel about that. Now it's, you know, communism, Marxism, socialism is what's being taught. And, and they, this, we go down the road of socialism. Look at the former Soviet Union. Look at Venezuela. Look at Zimbabwe. Look what South Africa is the, that is the blueprint for what they want here in America is what the, what's going on over there. And the rural areas in South Africa are the most dangerous with the farm attacks. I'm, I have to ask you, are there, have any of your kids come home telling you what they've learned and you're getting the sense that it's leaning towards this Marxist agenda of what they're being taught? Is this happening in Horseshoe Bend? Um, not on an educational level, uh, personal level, there's been talk on from teacher to student personal views, but not, not on an educational level, not yet. <laughs> and of course, those personal levels, I mean, how, how, how nervous does that make you? Well, so my daughter was a junior last year and there were people, you know, going around with their Trump clothes and their tire and their, she had a teacher that would tell them they couldn't wear that stuff in her class and then proceed to give her opinion about Trump or the Republicans or the conservative um, theories. And, and uh, so that's where that comes from. And that's very concerning to me that I never had teachers like that. We didn't talk I had great teachers when I was in high school, but I don't remember them ever talking about political um, views to to us. And I get that I probably wasn't wearing, you know, presidential campaign clothing to school either. So I get it. Things have changed, but there's still roles are roles and teacher student roles. They have boundaries and they are definitely those are being crossed on a personal level here even in Horseshoe Bend, and that's very concerning. See, 
I'm sorry. That woman does not belong at that school. She doesn't belong in a in a position to be teaching because, like I said, Mr. Cronley did that survey and accepted our answers and categorized us to what what he thought uh, group we we belonged into, and and yet he, he didn't. F nobody was fa favored or anything like that he he was he was very stuck to his own beliefs and did not try to push them onto us and tell us what we should believe and should not believe this is an infringement on our first amendment and that teacher has no right doing that to those students and she should be fired she should not be teaching kids that this is what she's going to do i agree <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I I kind I kind of ranted off on that, but uh, hearing that 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 makes me very angry. This is this is happening in 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 my hometown. Even though even though I don't live there, and I honestly don't want to live there again because I've got my own past of things I've done, and s some people won't <laughs> forgive me for some of the things I've done, even though it's been twenty plus years since I did them. You know how how those right. small towns are. You know, Horseshoe Bend is a place for me to visit. I'll probably, maybe I'll, I'll retire there if I can retire, but it looks like Biden's making that impossible. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I've, only got, I've only got 20 years left uh, before I'm officially of age to retire. And uh, I don't think he's going he's to let me. So... No, not if they, not if something doesn't happen and God doesn't intervene or some miracle doesn't take those that administration out quick, because it's just going to continue to crumble. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Crumbling is what is exactly what it's doing, you know, and it, it's and I'm looking at, looking at my town, you know, Horseshoe Bend. We're ta we're talking conservative. God fearing, gun loving, <laughs> so and whoever's listening to me and uh, probably thinks I'm referring to Clan Town, just because we <laughs> we've never really had any black people that have lived there doesn't mean that black people are not welcome. My sister's boyfriend is black and and we welcomed him to Horseshoe Bend with op open arms. Come on, this is one of the coolest welcoming little towns I've ever lived in. I've lived in a couple other little towns in Oregon and stuff. And this is just, this is a very welcoming place. I've, you know, there, you don't hear, you don't hear the racism. There's no race issues. Uh, once in a while, you'll hear somebody who came from home from the bar and is making, you know, a little bit of ruckus, but yeah, that racism stuff, I don't see it out here and I love it, even though it's, it is predominantly white out here, but that doesn't mean that, we don't love everybody. It's amazing. Exactly. I mean, uh, they, uh, there and there. There's a growing population of of Hispanics in Horseshoe Bend. I mean, there were two in my graduating class. So, I mean, Horseshoe Bend is is nothing like uh, what what would be perceived. I mean, and. I know that uh, those from the radical left will look at a place like Horseshoe Bend and say, "Hmm." There's a place, there's a community we have to change. The thing is, yeah. there are people there that are old school and will die before they change. Right. 
Yes. Well, like I told you before, I'm not I'm not an old school horseshoe bender, but I I believe I was brought here for a reason, and I don't know. God's got plans, and I'm here, and I love it here, and I'm here to help the old timers be able to keep it that way. <laughs> yes, yes. I know you come from a very blue state. Actually, you can't really call Oregon a blue state. It's just Portland and Salem, and maybe Eugene that makes it blue. That state is is uh, pretty red as far as the rest of it goes. Right, and we just happened to come out of Salem, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I lived in Portland back in the mid-80s. God, I think that, yeah, 84, that was the last time a Republican won the state of Oregon. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's all the all the time we have for this segment. I want to thank you uh, very much for joining, and uh Anything you want to say in, in conclusion? Uh, I want to say thank you for having me and just for giving me a place to have a voice and to just start start um, letting people know that we have options and we have choices and to not let people keep taking them away from us, yeah, so including well, our kids. Yeah, exactly. Well, I want to thank you for accepting the invitation and letting your voice be heard because I mean, I mean, this show outlaw radio, I mean, it's got the country logo, but uh, you listen to the music that we play on here. It's, it's a variety of different music, but uh, the the name outlaw radio means once free speech is banned, I'm going to be an outlaw. That's where it comes from. I'm there. All right. Take care. God bless. Thank you so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the interview that I conducted with Patty Burgess out of my hometown of Horseshoe Bend, Idaho. Good to hear what she had to say. So with that said, it's time to go to our next music set, and because I kind of have Horseshoe Bend on the brain, I decided to kind of put it into the music set. So coming up, we got Monty Garrison, going to be followed by my cousin Cliff Miller, be followed by Big Smo. Dead, remember that spell, D-E-D, and hydrogen. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask, Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. been on a trail or two one thing that I know is sometimes hard to find a smile or meet a friendly soul in these days of strangers and eyes that turn away a little town in Idaho Welcomed me today I don't care what you look like I don't care where you've been You can find a friend in Horseshoe Bend 
misled That old dreams drift downstream There's new ones up ahead Rich folks and cowpokes Scholars and fools Families with young ones Just going to school They all got their stories They all feel the rain Here in Horseshoe Bend We're all the same is very, very soothing. I feel like you should be an announcer of some sort. <laughs> I might be. You never know. God, I, I kind of want to just cuddle up in bed right now and have you read me a bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to on this fine afternoon? Oh, just relaxing. Masturbating a little bit. Oh, great. Me too. I'm actually sitting here playing with my mandingo right now, working on excreting my man-yogurt, if you know what I mean. <laughs> is that right? That's right. <laughs> I remember not that long ago Tying gallon jugs to a pallet to flow Cigarettes nice and dry in a jar With a soaking wet lighter that I can't get to spark We float around till the sun starts to burn Then pop a blue yum and give the ropes a turn Back on the water your eye on the sun, so we'll make it back home before dinner is done. That's the best part of living in this town, the river that wraps around it. And if you need a way to make time so damn well, baby, I think I found it. It's the best part of this town. Fast forward just a month or so, you can hear the Dragging the whistles blow Hold your breath on a fourth and long It's a fake and they fail Now that boy is gone Let's take a ride, just me and you There's something in the air When the blow stops with you go Go by my side in the bow in the back If I work the right Cause I 
back. That's the best part of living in this town. The mountains that rise up from it. And if you need a way to make time slow down, well, baby, I think I found it. That's the best part of this town. And all the things I could achieve if I wasn't busy wasting time making those. Every day I hold my head up proud and I say I'm just a good old boy living in them small town ways. Come on. And I might say to hell with it But since we got attention now I'm thinking about just selling it Like a Hardy's breakfast bowl Pile it hot and never cold Every flavor you can savor From a southern table full Generations teach each other From one father through a mother How to be a sister's brother And respect your elder others How to use a fishing pole Trap a rabbit, shoot a squirrel Plant a garden that can feed your family Till the seasons turn Read it right, kiss it, fight 
white Chevy trucks on Friday nights. Cruising through them local spots. Running from them local cops. Moonshining fruit wine. An acre of that Bedford pine. Takes me back home. Yeah, my small town was just fine. Small town, we hold it down. Selling corn by the jug. Growing chain by the pound. Small town,
In South Africa, genocide of white people, black-on-white violence, is rampant and ongoing. The South African mainstream media has kept this genocide hush-hush, and South Africa's politicians have been silent about it. It's time for the silence to end. Enter USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. 
USAC Incorporated comprises groups and individuals around the world working together to create public global awareness of the genocide in South Africa and to develop community restoration programs that will make South Africa a safe place for all races to thrive. To join USAC and for more information about USAC and what you can do, visit USAC.center. That's U-S-A-C dot center. USAC, working to bring back a safe, truly unified South Africa. This is The Renegade Show. You have three different scenarios here, and I'll give them to you. No, I said scenarios, not Cheerios. Coming to you coast to coast and around the world on your favorite radio station. How did you get Cheerios from scenarios? All right, it's time for the Renegade Pick of the Week countdown. Here we go, counting it down all the way to number one. Who farted? Yeah, we'd like to welcome you to the Renegade family. Does anybody even remember Doogie Hauser? I think it's fair to warn you that by listening to this show, you're committing a misdemeanor in four states. Three children are asking their parents where babies come from. Two children run away, and one mother ends up crying by the end of the show. This is the Renegade Show. Go to Facebook.com slash Radio Chris Master to find out days, times, and stations of where you could catch the Renegade Show. Hey, everybody, it's your boy West Dog from the GF6 Show reminding you to check us out on the baddest station on the planet. For station and broadcast times, go to www.gf6.com. That's G-F-S-I-X.com. You know what we do. Blow it up. Support Outlaw Radio and Friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including water purification by Berkey, delicious long-term storable food by My Patriot Supply, the New Eden Nutritional Support System, the Ionic Toothbrush System, a better way to clean your teeth, the Invisible Mask, a negative ion generator, that hangs from your neck like a pendant that mitigates incoming pollution. The high ion bio key quantum scalar energy pendant, EMF mitigating fabrics and clothing, and some really cool infrared night vision binoculars. In the Cranked Up Coffee Shop, a service of Cranked Up Live. Entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love. Some of the best blends from around the world, including Serato and Grindhouse Brew. Visit outlawradioabs.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. Building in a little hick town. This is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in the mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic. Gear up, let's train, and USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard Hydrogen with Fixier. Before that, Dead, remember that's spelled D-E-D with Remember the Enemy. Before that, Big, Sm- 
Big Smo with Small Town. And that song I can definitely relate to. Great song. Before that, Cliff Miller with The Best Part of This Town, all about the great small town of Horseshoe Bend, Idaho. And starting off the whole set, Monty Garrison with Horseshoe Bend. A song that uh, those of us from Horseshoe Bend listen to with pride. And once again, uh, Monty Garrison, rest in peace, brother. All right, so as Chris would say, it is time. This is Outlaw Radio News of the Weird. From the Outlaw Radio Newsroom, it is I, Bad Billy, and going through what's in the world of weird. <laughs> Ravens accused of stealing groceries from Alaska Costco customers. Anchorage, Alaska, some some Alaska Costco shoppers said they they've had their groceries stolen by ravens in the store parking lot. Okay, Matt uh, Matt Llewellyn said he was packing his groceries into his car in the parking lot of an Anchorage Costco when ravens swooped in to steal a short rib from his cart, the Anchorage Daily News reported Friday. I literally took ten steps away and turned around and two ravens came down and instantly grabbed one out of the package, ripped it ripped it off and flew <laughs> flew off with it, Llewellyn said. Llewellyn said the piece of meat was about four by f- five seven inches and a sizable meal for a sizable bird they know what they're doing it's not the first time Llewellyn said they're they're very fat so I think they've got a whole system there and once he once he got back home he noticed that one of the ravens had taken a poke at another rib but did not rob it (laughs) I cut that meat and started marinating it and my wife said that's gross we should take it back Llewellyn said Costco actually took took it back and even after we stated marinating them and gave us a full refund Additional raven thief sightings have emerged on social media. My parents were minding their business after a shop and made it home with one less stake. Kimberly Walter wrote on Facebook, the bird snatched it right out of the pack in the parking lot. Anchorage resident Tamara Joe. Joey replied to Waller's post and referred to the ravens as calculating. She said ravens hovered hovered her in an attempt to steal her groceries. I had two ravens, one that was on the car next to me and just kept squawking really loud, Josie said. 
he would sit on the car and stare at me then hop next to the bed of the truck on the other side and then he kept going back and forth the other raven was on the ground he, he kept trying to pull i had i had those little mini melons you have in, in the mesh baggies he kept trying to grab the netting and pull the melons out of the cart the ravens started to fly in a circle around Josie until she got them to scram. He was just waiting for another opportunity to grab the melons off the cart, but they never deterred, she said. They just stayed posted, waiting for their next opportunity to steal out of my cart. They're, they're very dedicated to their mission, she added. A manager at an, at, at an Anchorage Costco declined to comment to the newspaper about the Raven Thieves. The Anchorage Audubon Society tallies the Raven population every December. The group reported 923 common Ravens in 2018, 621 in 2019, and 750 birds in 2020. Rick Sinot, a former wildlife biologist with the Dep Department of Fish and Game, said hundreds of ravens fly to Anchorage in the winter for food. After winter turns to spring, most of the ravens leave, Sinot says. But before they do, the ravens stick around to pluck assorted meats and fruits and vegetables. For years, for years, decades, they've watched people in parking lots parking lots of grocery stores with the, all this food Sanat said they know what a piece of fruit looks like in a grocery cart because they've seen it on the ground or they've seen it in a garbage can <laughs> actually yeah there's so I can't play the audio from the, the uh, video that's here, but uh, you can uh, definitely uh, check it out. Uh, check out the article on our Twitter at Outlaw Radio ABS. And that's actually some pretty funny shit right there. I like that. <laughs> so what else we got in the weird world of weird news? Let me see here. Let's see. Uh, ah, yeah, this one should be interesting. Deer crashes through school bus, win school bus windshield and lands on sl a sleeping student. <laughs> okay. Maybe we should have counted sheep instead. A Virginia high school student was napping on a school bus Monday when a deer crashed through the windshield and landed on him. The deer scampered off after after the bus driver slowed down and opened the door. The pupil, 15-year-old Brendan Martin of Powhatan High School, was not injured according to the Richmond Times-Dispatch, but he was defaddled. De de <laughs> Or defuddled. Okay, that's a word I never heard before. 
I was really confused because I was trying to sleep and I woke up to something on my back, Martin told WTVR-TV. I realized it was a deer and was very confused because I've never seen a deer actually jump through a windshield and then land. Despite the crazy incident, Martin said he'll still look for his favorite seat in the front of the bus. There's no way it's happening twice, he said to the station. Oh, wow. Wildlife encounters with school buses have been produced worse results. In 2005, a 14-year-old passenger smashed a, a coral snake into into a book and it escaped and hit and bit him. Wow, a coral snake. That's a very poisonous type of snake. Even waiting for the school bus can be dangerous. In 2019, a woman and her child were attacked by a rabid raccoon at a bus stop. Alright, so we got some wildlife. So we got some uh, wildlife stories uh, definitely uh, <laughs> on this edition of Weird News of the Weird. Yes, indeed. So, what, what else What else we got here? Oh, oh, this should be interesting. Florida boat copies Sue's canal cargo ship and blocks freeway access. A boat in Florida was apparently jealous of all the attention being given to to that giant cargo ship wedged in Egypt's Suez Canal. Okay, so it said. Okay, so it said Florida. That uh, this says Egypt. Okay, oh, okay, Florida boat. Okay, a boat in yeah on. Th on Thursday evening, a 38-foot-long 38, a 38 pink and white boat somehow landed on Interstate 10 near Crestville, blocking traffic for hours, according to NWF Daily News. The accident happened when a 64-year-old Pensacola man was halting the boat west. There were no injuries, according to, fa to a Facebook post from from the Crestview Fire Department, which the Florida Highway Patrol removed the boat. Not surprisingly, many Twitter users couldn't help but share this, their strong opinions about the incident, especially the way it paralleled the plight of the ever-given Suez Canal. Okay, wow, yeah, there are pictures of the boat just sitting on the... Uh, Sitting on the road there, and uh, Kim bashing tweets. Boats around the world are trying to duplicate their kin's successful blocking of Sue's Canal. Another uh, G. Willow Wilson writes, "Man, this is just the week of boats behaving badly." And Patrick. Andalik, he writes, have we considered the possibility that it's an uprising? Isaac Fitzgerald writes, are boats unionizing? 
Saint Sunflower writes, I think the boats have had enough of our shit. Chuck Windig writes, we can o- This can only mean one thing. Invasion. Ha- hashtag Boatpocalypse. <laughs> okay. Boatpocalypse, that's a new one. <laughs> Alright. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Shower Thought. A definition of Zoomer could be the generation who finished their school on Zoom me- on, on Zoom meetings. The only reason Cheerios lower their only reason Cheerios lowers cholesterol is that if you eat them for breakfast, you probably aren't having eggs and bacon. You get pissed up at your alarm for doing its job and also when it doesn't. A man on his patio with binoculars is a pervert. A man on his patio with binoculars and a book about birds is enjoying a fine hobby. 2021 is 25% complete. Let's sink let's Okay, 2021 is 25% complete. Let's sink in that. No one asks to be born, but society expects everyone to like it here and be grateful for the opportunity. For something that can use either immense happiness or immense pain, it's strange how little education we get about how we about how to about how to have healthy relationships sleeps like a baby is a weird expression because babies wake up a lot stone cold steve austin has looked 40 years old excuse me stone cold steve austin has looked like a 40 year old man for 30 years cooking dragon meat would probably require an insane high temperature. Eventually, we'll have more video footage of dead people than living. The older you get, the longer it takes to remember your age. The Brady Bunch was invented. The Brady Bunch invented Zoom in 1969. I can see where they're saying that. There's no end to hiccups. There's just a long pause. Lollipops are nothing but candy with an anti-choking device. People who enjoy spicy food are winning an evolutionary arms race. As a parent, the day your child starts remembering more than five minutes ago, it's all over. Things things would get really interesting if the Mars lander mysteriously began losing parts. Smoke machines can create smoke whether you use it perfectly or if you use it terribly wrong or excuse terribly horribly wrong. You can smell how hot or cold it is. Can you? I never heard that before. I never <laughs> None of the Hogwarts teachers have children. 
There could be something larger than space. Well, is there? Very good point, very good point. If the Soviets went to the moon first, they'd have to launch a second mission to replace the flag in 1991. Having cold arms is worse than having cold legs. Oh no, both are pretty miserable if you ask me. Cities with high crime rates are Earth's PVP servers. There might be so many fail fail comp compilations the world hasn't seen because the person never uploaded. A genuinely funny joke is one where you start laughing before you get to the punchline, and I agree with that. The word sheeple is most often said by actual sheeple. There could have been millions of identical snowflakes and no one would ever have noticed. If the Kansas City Chiefs renamed themselves the Kansas City Archaeologists, then they could still play at the Arrowhead Stadium. Enemies in video games always know where no know where you are they just pretended they don't everything can be eaten at least once a synonym for don't be a dick could technically be don't be useful in humanity's reproduction being barefoot in grass is great but then you get a thorn in your toe and that's life. Soon there will be a dating app based on the meds you take. Wisdom tooth is more like stupid tooth. Never given that much thought to that. I had my wisdom teeth pulled when I was 18. <laughs> If society could popularize unattractive pictures, self-esteem, and attractiveness, excuse me, let me start that over. If society could popularize unattractive pictures, self-esteem, and attractiveness would skyrocket. A good way to distribute vitamins to adults is to infuse coffee. All right. Sunlight is big D energy. If someone fell into the grinder at the salsa factory, no one would know about it. At the end of the universe, a new episode of Futurama begins. Fishes are tender and flaky because they're always submerged in a brine solution. Even though temperature and angles are completely unrelated, they are both measured by degrees. Puns are punchlines without setups. Our pelvic region produces all three states of matter. 
Lil Nas sold his souls to the devil. <laughs> Stores have more plastic carryout bags for products they sell than actual products. And that, ladies and gentlemen, does it for News of the Weird slash Shower Thoughts. All right, so coming up next week, ladies and gentlemen, is yet to be determined. Um, really hoping to uh, go back live again here, like really soon. I want to. I'm kind of tired of doing this pre-recorded. I really enjoy going live, and definitely do not care too much for going between two systems uh, and piecing this together. But hey, hey, I want to bring you a show, and sometimes uh, that's the way I got to do it. So with that said, I'm going to end the show with Outlaws and Moonshine. This is whiskey. And some whiskey sounds good right now. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio. And I will be back next week. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
drinking whiskey, screaming hell yeah, man I really love that stuff, yeah, drinking whiskey, screaming hell yeah, man I can't get enough, yeah, drinking whiskey, screaming hell yeah, man I really love that stuff, yeah, drinking whiskey, screaming hell you're in a band or maybe you run a radio show or podcast whatever you do you want to market your brand with custom made apparel look no further than fresh baked tees t-shirts hoodies tank tops caps beanies koozies banners and even masks you can get them all custom made from fresh baked tees prices are reasonable and negotiable Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. If you've been searching for a show that talks about what's trending in the world, entertainment gossip, stupid news, and more, sizzling talk radio that is not dumbed or watered down, a show that is not for pussies, then you need to stop searching and check out The Charles Richardson Show. It's uncensored talk radio. No crybabies. No losers. No futtards. Charles Richardson and crew bring it 100% with real opinions. If you can't take it, 
it. Get the fuck out. You can even call the show and flap your gums, provided you have a brain. For the 411 stations and showtimes, like the Charles Richardson Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Charles Richardson Show. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. The Charles Richardson Show. You want some? Come get some. What kind of country won't stand up to its criminals? It's awful when an innocent American is murdered. It's even worse when it happens because our government refused to enforce the law against their killer. In cities like Chicago, this tragic story has become routine. Armed thugs are given two, three, sometimes even ten chances to get back on the street and commit more crimes. But their victims, they don't get a second chance. When our leaders refuse to enforce the law, they call it compassion. But that's not compassion. That's corruption, and it endangers all of us. America's 100 million law-abiding gun owners have a message for the political elites. Stop blaming us for your failure to keep our country safe. Prosecute violent criminals and leave the good guys alone. I am the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. Hi, it's the big voice guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too, no matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Well, here I am sitting on a porch writing another song. Waylon, Willie, David Allen, cool. You can't go wrong. Such great outlaw boys just like me. Man, can't you see? Because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw 
Jones. Can't go wrong. 